Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy. I'm your host, Luke Sawhook, once again coming at you with another divisional breakdown. Today we have the AFC South, which featured two great fantasy teams and two uh, pretty bad ones. Well, meh, I should say, except for the Houston Texans, which are an obvious dumpster fire, which we will be getting into. Hey, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go in dumpster diving today. Just because it's a dumpster doesn't mean I cannot hop in it, sift through that absolute garbage, and try to find out some fantasy gold for all of us fantasy football uh, enthusiasts out there in the world. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Hooked on Fantasy, whether you're watching live right now on YouTube or the podcast coming out tomorrow. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Please drop a reading or follow or subscribe wherever you're watching. I would really appreciate it. It helps the show grow, and uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in tonight. Uh, means a lot to me, and it uh, means a lot to you, I'm sure, hopefully. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let's get right into this AFC, uh, AFC South divisional breakdown, shall we? Starting off with arguably the best fantasy options uh, in the division, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, with the new addition of Julio Jones, A.J. Brown and Julio are set to dominate every single NFL cornerback this season and make them look like absolute buffoons. Uh, I currently have A.J. Brown projected as my wide receiver nine on the season, so I think A.J. Brown is still in for an elite fantasy season this year, even with the addition of Julio Jones. I have Julio Jones currently outside of my top 12, but I do think he's a top 20 wide receiver alongside A.J. Brown. I am very curious to see what the target work situation is going to look like in Tennessee, but there's one thing I can be certain of. It's that they're going to make everyone look like idiots. I mean, Julio Jones is arguably one of the best wide receivers to ever set foot on an NFL field, and A.J. Brown is one of the best young wide receivers in the league. So with those two aspects combined, I think there's no win, there's no way anyone's going to be able to stop this team. Unless you have two absolute elite shutdown cornerbacks, you're not going to be able to stop them. Like, who do you put your number one corner on? Julio? Okay, then A.J. Brown has the cornerback too. Who do you put your number one corner on? Uh, A.J. Brown? Then Julio has the cornerback too. Both matchups have seemed completely unfair and ridiculous. Honestly, I just think it's uh, it's absolutely insane. Oh, yeah, by the way, Bucks and Six. Ethan, thank you so much for coming through the stream. Bucks and Six. Fear the deer. Bucks and Six, baby. Suns fans, I don't care. Cry. Bucks and six. I'm rooting against the Suns because I'm a Lakers fan, and they beat the Lakers. So, Bucks and six, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm saying. This is how I'm going to feel after the Suns lose. I'm going to celebrate like this with the Coffin Dancers. Okay, anyway. Uh, by the way, Chris Paul looked terrible tonight. Just an FYI. Moving on. Ryan Tannehill is going to the moon, ladies and gentlemen. With the addition of Julio Jones alongside A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry in the backfield to set up the pass, Ryan Tannehill is going to have a goaded fantasy season. He is currently at my quarterback eight for the year, uh, but I would not be surprised as, we, as, oh, excuse me, as if we get sooner to the season, he continues to climb on up my rankings. I think he has a very, very safe floor, and his ceiling is astronomically high. Uh, combined with the stability of the offense over the last couple of years, adding in elite piece after elite piece, solid offensive line play, and an offense that's been a, proven extremely efficient in the red zone over the past few seasons. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been playing out of his freaking mind. I saw a stat that compared his in-depth mentors to Patrick Mahomes, and he's right up there, man. It's, it feels insane to even say that out loud. But Ryan Tannehill has been playing like a top 10, top 5 damn near quarterback in the NFL, which is absolutely insane considering how mediocre his career was in Miami at the time. We all saw little bits of potential. But transitioning from Miami – to uh, Tennessee was probably the best choice that Ryan Tannehill has ever made in his entire life besides deciding to play football. Uh, I think that Tannehill is locked and loaded for a fantastic season. Uh, I'm drafting him in a lot of my redraft leagues. Ryan Tannehill and Tom Brady, two top six, uh, sorry, top eight quarterbacks for me this year. Uh, Brady QB six and Tannehill QB eight for me. I'm picking them up every single league I possibly can as late round QB flyers. Well, not flyers. I think they're guarantees really, but 
uh, in the late rounds of, of the quarterback, you know, the late QB uh, draft style, Tom Brady and Ryan Tannehill are very much your friends this year. You can stack those running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends early on and take a guy like Tom Brady or Ryan Tannehill late, which are almost guaranteed to provide you fantastic weekend and out uh, fantasy consistency. And I think that with the weapons and the offense of the past couple of years, Ryan Tannehill is about to go to the freaking moon. Uh, up next, though, we transition to a, some, a player that a lot of people love. I love him as well. I'm very high on this player this season just because of the year-in, year-out consistency of the player. However, Derrick Henry has some doubters this year with the addition of Julio Jones. A lot of people think they're going to transition from a pound the rock and pass a little bit after you pound the rock team to a more balanced attack on offense. And that could really shift Derrick Henry's fantasy value because he's not a great pass catcher. And if he's not getting the elite-level touches in the backfield that he has been recently, Things could go south. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I, I think you guys deserve to hear the devil's advocate view on this because I think it is unlikely that's going to happen at all. However, if Derrick Henry does start to decrease in some of his touches, I think that it could be very catastrophic to his fantasy value, and I'm really keeping a close eye on it for the first couple uh, weeks of the season. And if they do transition more to a passing offense, it's very possible we see Darrington Evans get a lot more involved in this backfield than people would probably like. However... When I hear the name Darrington Evans, people are probably thinking of this soundbite right here. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. I don't think he's that guy either, really, as far as like top-tier fantasy success. But he could be a bit of a thorn in Derrick Henry's side that people are kind of underestimating this season. So keep an eye on Darrington Evans and Derrick Henry's situation. However, I'm still drafting Derrick Henry with utmost confidence. He is a top-five running back for me this season. Transitioning from a very certified and a uh, fantastic offense from the last couple of years to an absolute dumpster fire that has been spray painting with a fresh coat of paint, maybe cleaned out of the bottom of the dumpster a little bit. Moving on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that fresh coat of paint on that dumpster and a little bit of an air freshener is comes in the form of Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the golden boy coming out of Clemson, has been uh, very, very elite uh, the last few seasons, touted as a generational QB prospect. With the rookie quarterback play of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert last year, we were really spoiled for fantasy football purposes. Justin Herbert finished as a QB1, and Joe Burrow was playing QB1-ish before he got hurt, a bit more of a fringe player. But Trevor Lawrence coming in on the back heels of those two amazing fantasy rookie seasons. Expectations, I think, are high for Trevor Lawrence. His ADP is currently is not where I'd be drafting Trevor Lawrence in redraft. I'm probably not going to be touching him, if I'm being honest. In Dynasty, Trevor Lawrence is a top 10 quarterback. Easy, easy money. Redraft, though, I think it's going to... I'm going to need some time to see this offense. I like Trevor Lawrence a lot as a prospect. He was my QB1 in this class. Some people did not have him as their QB1. They had him as their QB2 or 3. And for those people, I think you deserve a doge bonk. Trying a little too hard. Just kidding. Christian Williams, don't come for me. I love you. Justin Fields is fantastic. This whole quarterback class is fantastic. If you have any other quarterback as your QB1, much respect. However, I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy because he is a generational talent, in my opinion. Uh, so maybe Justin Fields is too. Maybe a year from now, Trevor Lawrence turns out to be a bust and I look like an idiot. However, T-Law has a lot of work to do in Jacksonville this season with Urban Meyer coming out of Ohio State to be the new head coach, running more of a college-style offense. They drafted Travis Etienne to play a big part in that. We'll get into him later. I think he has a lot of good weapons. I think DJ Chark is a really, really solid NFL wide receiver that provides a nice downfield threat. Marvin Jones is a proven veteran that can produce week in, week out for you in real life and pretty good for fantasy too. Marvin Value Jones is pretty much his nickname over the last few years of redraft leagues going in like the eighth to 13th round somewhere in there usually Marvin Jones has been an absolute steal at his price tag every single season the question is coming into this new offense with a new quarterback 
and uh, LaVisca Chanel and DJ Chark to compete with? Will Marvin Jones really be featured? In my opinion, yes. I think that Marvin Jones is going to have a better year than DJ Chark. That might be a hot take. I just, I'm not on the DJ Chark train this year. Andy Holloway from the Fantasy Footballers. Shout out to Andy. Love you, Andy. Traded the top shot moment for him for a follow on Twitter. He's my guy. Uh, but he's also kind of off DJ Chark this season. And um, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I just think that Shark has been a bit of a fluke recently with relatively bad offenses in Jacksonville. Now coming in with a new head coaching regime, I don't think it's a coincidence that they signed Marvin Jones to bring in and kind of do the similar things to what you want uh, DJ Chark to do. LaVisca Chenault is his own type of player. He's a Debo Samuel-ish uh, kind of guy that's like the manufactured tuck, touches kind of guy, can take a screen yard to the house kind of player. Marvin Jones and DJ Chark are those downfields, medium to deep, uh, receiving threats. And I think that that's really important for the Jaguars to have on their team. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to do a really good job of moving the ball. I just need to see it first. I am not personally heavily investing in this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. The only players I'm really rostering heavy at their ADP right now are Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault especially. He's been getting a ton of buzz coming out of uh, OTAs and rookie camps. And well, he wasn't a rookie. Uh, OTAs, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, just saying that he's looks in, he's in incredible shape. He's impressing every single player in the room. He looks like by far the most talented wide receiver on the depth chart. So I'm big on LaVisca this season. I think that with the more college scheme type of offense that Urban Meyer is probably going to bring in, I think he's going to get a lot of manufactured touches and he's going to be a PPR monster. He's going to get some, a lot of rushing yards, which is fantastic. I think that he's going to be awesome. I think that LaVisca Chenault is going to have a great year. I think he can easily get upwards of six to eight touchdowns if he gets some more manufactured rushing work near the goal line. I think he had two rushing touchdowns last season. Don't quote me on that. But I remember him having a really good rushing floor last year as well to add to his receiving work. I think he's going to get this year. LaVisca Chenault is a smash at his ADP currently for me. Love LaVisca. Love Marvin Jones at a value. DJ Chark, throw him in the garbage. Tim Tebow throw him in the garbage. If you're rostering Tim Tebow, I laugh at you. I laugh at you, sir. He's garbage. He is garbage. But this is how I feel about LaVisca Chanel's current ADP. <laughs> oh, that's hot. That's hot. That's hot, baby. Anyway, transitioning from the Jacksonville Jar- uh, Jaguars with a lot of questions. Uh, we're going to a team with even more questions. You remember how I said that the dumpster had a can of spray paint on it in Jacksonville? Yeah, uh, imagine this dumpster is outside of a Taco Bell right next to a KFC in a White Castle, and it hasn't been changed in a few days. It's full. Brumpy's coming the next morning. It's 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 filled to the top. There's stink lines coming off of it in real life. I'm talking comic book stink lines. That's the Texans' t- offense. The Texans' offense is disgusting. Deshaun Watson being off this team makes it feel absolutely putrid without any good wide receivers except for Brandon Cooks. This team is it's gross. But we're gonna we're gonna sort through it a little bit, sift through it, see if we can get any fantasy value out of here for you guys. Uh, I think Tyrod Taylor is definitely gonna be the starting quarterback for this team. However, keep an eye on Davis Mills in training camp and preseason. Davis Mills, third round draft pick for the Houston Texans, first pick they made in the draft this year. He's a solid QB. I talked about him on my old podcast with Three Coast Sports. I think Davis Mills has some good intangibles as a prospect. But Tyrod Taylor's job to lose throughout the season. Uh, it's going to be mediocre. You're probably not going to want to touch Tyrod unless he proves to be a decent fantasy asset and he has a nice matchup that week. These quarterbacks are most likely going to stay in your waiver wire. Please, God, don't draft them. Please, please, God, don't draft them. Moving on to the running backs. They have a lot of bodies in that running back room. As of now, July 15th, 2021, 
they have way too many running backs. They have Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, uh, David Johnson, and I feel like I'm missing someone on top of those guys. Those are four really solid running backs. Mark Ingram, I don't know if I said him. That's five. Really solid running backs. Somebody's going to get cut. They're going to cut at least two of those guys, in my opinion. We need more clarity there before we touch any of these guys in my draft. If I was going to touch a running back, it would be David Johnson or Philip Lindsay. Most likely David Johnson. I still think it's his job to lose in Houston outside of the fantasy footballers, so that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable saying that. Uh, I love them so much. Anyway, David Johnson, I think, is, is more of a locker reception work on top of rushing work, and uh, I, a lot of these guys are going to get cut. If I had to predict, I think it'd be Rex Burkhead, and I don't know about Mark Ingram. He's pretty old, but uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's just disgusting. I'm staying far away uh, for now if I can. If you're in best ball leagues and you want to take a shot, I would just wait late and grab a few of these guys. I'm sure they're going to produce in some facet, but right now I would strongly suggest waiting before drafting any of these running backs because there's just zero clarity, zero, zero, zero clarity. Moving on to the wide receiver core, Brandon Cooks. Moving on to tight end. No, I'm kidding. But Brandon Cooks is literally the only wide receiver worth uh, mentioning there for redraft this season, in my opinion. There is zero other value. I'm sure someone else will emerge as a decent wide receiver, two or three candidate, but I don't think the passing volume will be significant enough to justify them playing on your roster every week. You know what I mean? I think that, I'm sure, a guy's going to emerge. He's going to get a decent target share. Everyone's probably going to be enamored with him. I'm not going to be touching that player unless they really prove to me that they are a good talent because the quarterback play of Tyrod Taylor is not going to be enough to justify me rostering these players with very low passing volume, except for Brandon Cooks. Just because Brandon Cooks has proven to be year in, year out, regardless of situation, quarterback or new team, he is producing 1,000-yard you know, seasons like I drink water every day. Uh, it's just automatically done. It is absolutely ridiculous. One name to monitor in Houston, though, that is receiving option that I think could be worth mentioning is Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan, rookie tight end out of Miami. Wait, no. Miami University? Oh, no, sorry. It's the University of Miami. Sorry, I go to Miami University in Ohio. I got, I got confused. Brevin Jordan is a really solid tight end. I liked him a lot coming out. He's a very good receiving tight end. Not a good blocker at all. But for fantasy football, hey, that's what we love. We like guys who can catch balls, right? So Brevin Jordan, keep an eye on him in Houston. He could be an immediate impact for that offense. Not saying it's going to be the best, but hey, it probably won't be the worst. Moving on to our fourth and final team in the AFC South today, ladies and gentlemen. We have the Colts. Carson Wentz is the big question mark there for the Colts. Carson Wentz coming off a pretty horrific season in Philadelphia where he lost his job to Jalen Hurts. A lot of head coaching overlay uh, with, not overlay, over, gosh, a lot of head coaching changes. I just really like the Colts, though, this season. I think that he, he, sorry, Carson Wentz has a lot of opportunity to grow as a quarterback underneath Frank Reich once again. He had his best seasons under Frank Reich in, uh, in God, I can't talk, in Philadelphia. I think he has a way better receiving options here. Sure, it's not fantastic, but I really like Michael Pittman Jr., Paris Campbell, and T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton feels like he's on in the twilight stages of his career. I'm not really touching T.Y. Hilton these days, but Michael Pittman Jr. and Paris Campbell, I think, are two really good upside plays at their cheap ADP currently. I think they're going to see a lot of touches in that offense. Carson Wentz is going to push the ball downfield, especially to Michael Pittman Jr. I love Michael Pittman this year, guys. I've been tweeting about it so many times. He's fantastic. I think he's a good talent. He is bound to get more touchdowns than last season. He had one. He had one touchdown last year. One. Take a look at that man who's six foot five and playing on the outside and tell me he's going to get more less than one touchdown this year or or one. There's no way in hell. He's going to get at least four, in my opinion. And that alone boosts his fantasy stock tremendously. I, I just think that Michael Pittman Jr. is 
a fantastic buy in Dynasty and in Redraft right now. Love his outlook. And another name to monitor, a fan favorite for the fantasy footballers and in my heart, uh, Mo Ali Cox, a.k.a. Gigantor. Uh, Mo Ali Cox is a really underrated, honestly, red zone threat for this Indianapolis Colts offense. And with the departures of some tight ends and some things shifting around over there, I really think that Michael P- – uh, sorry, not Michael Pittman – that Mo Ali Cox can carve out a role for himself as a as a reliable option for Carson Wentz in the end zone. I think that once you get down in that red zone area, who are you going to throw the ball to? Michael Pittman? Maybe Gigantor? One of those two guys is going to see a lot of the red zone targets, in my opinion. Sure, Jonathan Taylor is going to get his. He's going to get his. But Gigantor has a role in this offense that I think a lot of people aren't thinking about it because the value is going to be there. A tight end is going to produce. There's no way a tight end isn't going to produce. I'm not drafting Molly Cox, but I think he's going to be a really solid waiver wire streaming option, and I'm definitely taking a look at him very, very closely once the season begins. Last, but certainly not least, the stud muffin of all stud muffins, the most handsome man in the world, member of the quad squad, as I call him, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor is a stud. We all know this, okay? Last year, I was Team Clyde Edwards-Alaire with Jonathan Taylor. Boy, did I learn my mistakes. The mistake I learned from was patience is key. And sure, Jonathan Taylor did have a very easy schedule to end the season. And sure, Marlon Mack did get injured and is coming back this year. But sure, the Taylor <laughs> is the lead running back in Indianapolis. I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to get a lot of touches this season. I think he's going to crush it. And I think a lot of people are kind of, okay, hear me out. People are kind of underestimating him these days, right? Five months ago, towards the back end of the season, everyone was losing their freaking minds about Jonathan Taylor. Now I feel like now the dust has settled a little bit and his ADP isn't that crazy. I am very much back in on Jonathan Taylor. He's one of the running backs that has true top three upside, in my opinion, if he gets a full workload in Indianapolis besides that monster offensive line. And if Carson Wentz starts to put things together, Jonathan Taylor will be a force to be reckoned with in this league. And I think that if you're not drafting Jonathan Taylor this season, you're not doing it right, man. He's going to be so, so good. And I think he's guaranteed to be top 10. The thing I like about these running backs like Jonathan Taylor is that at their ADP, it's not much of a risk because they're getting drafted at like running back, I don't know, like eight, nine, six, somewhere in there. It's not that expensive to draft a guy like Jonathan Taylor right now. And it pretty much solidifies your RB1 spot. Obviously, you're looking to solidify your RB1 spot with your first pick in your fantasy football draft. But what I'm saying is Jonathan Taylor is not going to bust out of the top 10. Unless he gets injured, which I don't think I'd never project injury. If Jonathan Taylor stays within his role currently on the Indianapolis Colts. There is no way in hell, unless hell freezes over, that Jonathan Taylor finishes outside of the top 10. So I am drafting him with the utmost confidence this season, expecting a top five season from Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to crush it. I think he's going to destroy defenses. He's going to be that giant hammer that just crushes the defensive line that opens up the pass for Michael Pittman Jr. and company. And I really think that Derrick, not Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor is going to play like Derrick Henry going forward for his fantasy stock, getting a lot of touches, a lot of carries, and he's being this true workhorse running back. And I truly hope that Frank Reich opens his eyes and sees that Jonathan Taylor is that player and feeds in the rock 
and doesn't incorporate Marlon Mack too much. Sure, spell him every once in a while. But Jonathan Taylor is that dude. And I think he's going to have a monster season. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up our AFC South Fantasy Breakdown today. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, Hooked on Fantasy. I'm your host, Luke Sawhook. Once again, follow me over on Twitter, at Luke Sawhook. Drop a follow on the YouTube, at Luke Sawhook. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Wherever you're listening, please drop a follow or subscribe and leave a five-star review. It really helps the channel grow. And I'll be back every single Tuesday and Thursday, year-round, bringing you week-in, week-out fantasy football analysis. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will see you all next Tuesday. Later.